Thank you. Please be seated. Am I coming through? Do I have power? Can you hear me? I can't think of anything more terrible than to have somebody standing and talking and not be able to hear him. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be with the Ebenezer family today. Mary and I are here. Or I think she's somewhere. Where are you? There you are back there. Uh, we're delighted to be here and to share with you. We do extend to you our deepest sympathy on the bereavements that you have suffered. May God place and keep his loving arms around you and give you special peace and grace in this time. Our text of scripture this morning is taken from the passage that was read to us a few moments ago, and it says this, cast your burden, where? On the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. About a month ago, it was my privilege to speak to the challengers group here in the church. It's my privilege quite often to torment them in that way. The Bible says they that live godly, suffer persecution. And I'm sure they wonder at times, surely it's not that godly that they have to suffer all that. But you remember that I told you a story uh, that occurred actually about 25 years ago. Uh, I was just freshly arrived at Northwest Baptist College. I received a phone call from... Uh, the youth organization in Sunnybrae Bible Camp up in the interior just out of Salmon Arm. And they said, Doug, will you come and speak to our young people? Well, I said, of course. I, nothing would make me happier. They said, there's one problem. I said, what's that? They said, well, we're going on an overnight hike. We're going to backpack it overnight. And if it's too much for you, you don't need to come. You can just see me saying, oh, yes, it's too much for me. I thought, of course not. If, if the young people are up the mountain, then that's where we'll go. They said, you'll need to bring a backpack. Now, I have never before that time or after that time backpacked. I went to the local sports store, and I, I just found this not too long ago in my basement. I bought this. This is the lightest backpack in the world. It's made of aluminum. doesn't weigh much more than a bag of feathers. So I thought. So I bought the pack, threw my sleeping bag and pillow and other things that I needed for the... Uh, Overnight into the car, drove to Sunnybury. About midweek, we all took out our backpacks. This is called a pack master. Truly noble thing. And uh, so I wrapped up all the stuff in it. Sleeping bag, pillow, all the utensils and food that I would need for overnight. I threw it in the back of the truck. We drove a few miles south of Salmon Arm to a mountain whose name I cannot remember. 
a very steep mountain whose name I cannot remember. I don't remember the name of the mountain, but I remember the inclined plane. We arrived at the base of the mountain with this pack all loaded up, put it on, except it was two arms, and thought, that's not bad. This shouldn't be any problem. And we walked 100 yards or so to the base of the mountain on nice level ground, and everything was great. Then we hit the slope. And uh, as I told the challengers the other day, I learned that aluminum turns to lead on an inclined plane. Uh, You science students, you try that out for a thesis. You might win a Nobel Prize. So we hit the inclined plane, and this backpack literally turned to lead. And I found myself stooping lower and lower, and after a few hundred yards up this incredibly steep trail, I had a terrible thought. I mean, it made me sweat, not just the exertion, but the thought. I'm not going to make it. Now, how does that sound for a youth camp speaker who's supposedly identifying with the kids, you know? I'm not going to make it. I did not know what to do. This pack, this pack, this one right here, with its accompanying baggage, was literally driving me into the ground and making it impossible for me to carry on. What do you do? I thought, do I just turn around and go back? Uh, Do I plead for mercy? How can I retain integrity and still deal with this situation? I'll uh, come back to that a little later. Because I'd like to talk this morning to those of us in this service that are carrying one of these. Psalm 55:22 calls it a burden. I empathize with you in the passing of the two beloved family members of your church, and particularly identify with Lorna, because in the South Delta Church, where Mary and I are members, one of the veteran seniors in the church died of a heart attack almost instantly. And it still is. It's like a shock that's gone through the entire church. And the family is is bearing that burden, as is the church. I don't know everything. Sometimes I think I don't know anything. What is it Scrooge said in uh, Christmas Carol? I don't know anything. I never did know anything. (laughs) There are many things I do not know. But one thing I do know is that every one of us in this building this morning is carrying one of these, some heavier, some lighter. And if you have come here this morning with a burden that's too heavy for human shoulders to bear, congratulations. You've come to the right place at the right time. The Holy Spirit has a message and a word for you. What we learn from the 55th Psalm 
and particularly in verse 22, is that all of us have our burdens to bear. In Psalm 55, the king himself talked about the suffering and the difficulties he was enduring. It was so that he was restless in his complaint and caused him to actually moan. Have you ever been in a situation that was so painful and traumatic that you simply said, Ugh, what happened to me when my son was nearly killed in an auto accident a few years ago, broken neck, quadriplegic at the time. When I heard about it, I said, Ugh. and this is what David was saying. And this is the king, mind you. Oh, oh, I'm restless in my complaint and I moan. I do so because of the enemies who oppose me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. Ever been there? Ever had to get up at night and walk because you couldn't just lie in bed and sweat? In fact, it's so severe that he wished he could be gone. Maybe it was a death wish. Maybe it was just a wish to be somewhere different. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever secretly wished, Lord, if, if you wouldn't mind, I think I'd like to go home now. It's uh, about time. He said he hurried to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. He had people speaking against him. He had people criticizing him. He had people complaining about him and his position and his accomplishments. Day and night they go around on the walls of the city and iniquity and trouble are in it. And the thing that crushed him the most was the, that he had a dear friend. We learn from the book of Samuel that that man's name was Ahithophel, a dear friend who was his counselor, with whom David worshipped, from whom he received counsel, who in the rebellion of Absalom chose Absalom over David and turned his back upon what had been his beloved king. And he said, it's you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throne. He said that this man, his speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. And I suggest to you that there are few difficulties and problems, few burdens heavier to bear than someone you have loved and trusted who cheats you, who despises you, who is your traitor and becomes your enemy. But you know, as you read the scriptures, King David was not alone in the burden that he was called upon to bear. Look at Abraham. Imagine being called to take your only son, to take him into the wilderness, to, to build an altar, to tie him on the altar, to place him on the altar, to take a knife and put the knife to your son, to offer him as a burnt offering to God, which although it did not literally happen thanks to the intervention of the angel of God, 
In the mind of Abraham, it was already a fate accompli. How could we endure with Jacob? As with eyes full of tears, he sees the blood-stained and blood-soaked garment of his beloved son Joseph, apparently destroyed by a wild animal. Or Joseph himself, being roughly removed from his family and his father, sent to Egypt, and there served as a slave before eventually becoming its second most powerful politician. You have the life of Jeremiah, who, although he was faithful to preaching the word of God to a disobedient people, was subject to persecution and in one case thrown into a pit of that usually stored water that only now contained mud and slime, and it says Jeremiah sank in the mire. Or Daniel, as he faces a pride of lions in the lion's den. Or the Apostle Paul, who talks about the anguish of heart that he suffered on behalf of his people in the churches. Or the Lord Jesus himself, whose burden was heavier than any man or human being has ever borne. The hymn writer said, None of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed or how dark was the night the Lord went through ere he found his sheep that was lost. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Suffering was no stranger to the Lord Jesus Christ. And suffering is no stranger to you and to me as we bear the burden that God has placed upon us. Sometimes they are burdens of physical disability. and How difficult and painful severe disabilities can be. Sometimes the burden of psychological disabilities. Deep, dark, dangerous valleys of depression. If you haven't been there, thank God. It's more like hell than it is like heaven. And it's very real in the lives of many of God's people. The burden of persecution and oppression, which is afflicting the church of Christ around the world and probably will afflict the Church of Christ here in Canada. The burden of bereavement. Burdens that we are called upon to bear. What does your backpack look like? What stuff does it have on it? Our theme today is this. When burdens become blessings. And the answer is, burdens become blessings when they are rolled upon the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. The word burden here translates a Hebrew word with the literal meaning, what he hath given you. Your lot, something you have been given. And David recognized in the problems and difficulties, in the despair and in the disappointments that he lists in this psalm, that these are not just happenstance problems. These are burdens that God has given him as a special gift to him. And David said, 
the purpose of this burden, what he hath given thee, is that we might learn to cast it back upon the Lord. And three things will happen when we do that. Number one, when we cast what he hath given us back on him, that will ultimately result in blessings and in rewards and in circumstances that far transcend the pain of the burden. It means that there are good results in our lives. Romans 8.28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. In 2 Corinthians 4, the Apostle Paul said, We do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Do you catch that? The burden that God has given to us, has privileged us to bear, is described here as a momentary affliction that is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So long as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. In Hebrews chapter 12, we read these words about the burdens that God places upon us. It says that uh, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all children have participated, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Beside this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The blessings that we reap from the burdens we bear is that God pours into our lives blessings that would not have been there had not we suffered the pain. Secondly, he uses the burdens that we bear to encourage those who are going through similar circumstances. The Apostle Paul said, We receive the comfort from, from God that we give to others in order that others may be comforted with the comfort that we have received. And thirdly, blessings become burdens in that or our burdens rather become blessings in that on the one hand it, it brings reward and gain to us. It brings encouragement to others. But most important, it brings glory to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when the Apostle Paul complained of the burden that he was bearing and how heavy the pack that was upon his back, the Lord simply said to him, My grace is sufficient. For you. And the most wonderful thing about bearing burdens for God is that as we cast those burdens upon Him and as we find Him sustaining us in the time of our deepest need, the grace of God is displayed and magnified. 
and people around us are enabled to see what a wonderful God he is and how his grace is sufficient for our deepest needs. God is loving us and caring for us in these times of difficulties and depression. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. You see, we are commanded here to roll or cast our burden on the Lord. I mentioned to the challengers a month ago of how when my father built the house, our family house, up here on 43rd, just off Fraser, just west of Fraser, directly across from John Oliver High School. I think every major rock in the world had been piled on that lot. And huge rocks, I mean gigantic things. And my, one of my father's tasks was to get rid of those rocks. He didn't have a car, let alone a truck, so he decided to bury them. And I can well remember helping him a little, but basically watching him as he dug an immense cavern, huge hole, all around this rock. And then with the use of a two-by-six and a fulcrum, simply rolled that rock, and I watched it go down into the hole, covered up with earth. I hope nobody ever tried to farm that property. And, and there it was. And I guess there it is <laughs> to this day. And, and, and this is the meaning of the Hebrew word. Whatever it is that God has given you, roll your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you, he will nourish you, he will comfort you, he will contain you, he will protect you. The word sustain means all of these things. And he will never let you fall. Never let you fall. My wife and I go for walks most every day. And we're getting him the, to the place where we don't just hold hands for romantic reasons. We do that, but that's not the only reason. Uh, starting with uh, a, the stairway at the front of our house with fairly high stairs on it. Holding hands means I'll not let you fall, you see. And the Lord said, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. For I will hold your right hand. And the Lord says, and it says in this psalm, that he will never, ever, ever, and the word means forever, he will never permit righteous people to fall. And that is the promise. This rolling our burden upon the Lord is done here within the context context of righteous living. Righteous living means that we live according to standards, that we live according to principles. It means that we don't just simply do what we feel like when we feel like doing it. It means that there are principles that are right and true, and a righteous person is someone who measures themselves against those principles, and as much as is humanly possible by the grace of God, conforms his or her actions to the rules, to the principles that have been laid down. And when we roll our burden upon the Lord, we do not simply do it with a view to get something off our back in order that we can do our own thing. It is all to do with righteous living that, that in so doing we pledge ourselves to live according to the standards of God's word and to do what he would have us to do. And the last few words of the psalm read this way. 
I will trust in you. So rolling our burden or casting our burden upon the Lord, which is when burdens now become blessings, blessings to ourselves, blessings to others, and, and blessing to God, that as we cast that burden upon the Lord, we roll whatever it is that is crushing us. We do so within the framework of a righteous life that is living according to the principles of God. And having rolled it upon him, we trust him and rest it and leave it there. Let me explain. I was going down. I was going under. If I had been swimming, I would have been drowning at that point. I'm not going to make it. This burden is crushing the life out of me and making it impossible for me to go on. To my amazement and gratitude, have you ever found that God answers your prayers before you ever even pray them? Have you ever had that experience? I hadn't really got to the point. I was, I was numb at this point, not knowing what to do. And a dear, big, strapping guy like this praise team, like the pianist here, you know, great big guy, strong. His name is Tyler Walton. I love Tyler with all my heart. I owe him my life. Here I was, with this thing on, killing me, crushing me. Tyler said, uh, Pastor, would you like, like me to carry your pack? Now bear in mind that depravity hath touched us all. Even in my desperation, I had a semblance of pride. In my heart, I said, Oh, please, please, please. And the sooner the better. With my mouth, it came out, Well, if you really want to. <laughs> and who said pastors are perfect? I have the unspeakable joy of taking this burden with all its equipment, with all the things that were crushing me, taking it off my back, putting it on top of his pack, on his shoulder. And I watched my life-crushing burden move into the distance as he carried two packs. I had none. And we both arrived safely at the destination. I have never in my 50 plus years of ministry seen as many heartbreaks and burdens and heavy packs that people are carrying as I see today. And I have a mission. In the word of God is the testimony that burdens can become blessings when we cast them Upon the Lord. They become blessings to ourselves. They become blessings to others. They become blessings to God. And rolling them upon the Lord. And casting them upon the Lord. Means to roll whatever it is. Upon his shoulders. It means to live. A righteous life. With the view that in. In giving him our burdens. We commit ourselves. To living righteous lives in his presence. And it means having given him the burden, we leave it there. We trust him. In the words of Psalm 37, we rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. John Newton wrote these words, Be still, my heart. These anxious cares to thee are burdens, thorns, and snares. They cast dishonor on the Lord and contradict his gracious word. Brought safely by his hand thus far, why wilt thou now give place to fear? How canst thou want if he provide or lose thy way with such a guide? Did ever trouble yet befall, and he refused to hear my call? And has he not his promise passed that thou shalt overcome at last? He who has helped me hitherto will help me all my journey through and give me daily cause to raise new hymns of glory to his praise. To that we say, Amen, Amen, and Amen.